Hello and welcome to St Tom's Online. Please find this morning's recording of Morning Prayer. A very warm welcome to you all. Um, the weather <laughs> isn't that warm and it's raining and it's dark and we're entering autumn, aren't we? But um, <clears throat> an interesting day today um, in the calendar that God keeps in the Bible. This is quite a special day. This is the um, time of tabernacles, uh, the Bible Harvest Festival, which starts this evening. And uh, yes, if you'd like to, to know more about that, uh, please join us on Wednesday evenings when we uh, are looking at the Feasts of Israel, the Feasts of the Lord, and understanding how they might be something that we uh, all enjoy in the future. So, um, shall we come to our morning prayer? this Friday, the 2nd of October, 2020. And we start with the preparation. O Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. And our opening prayer. The night has passed and the day lies open before us. Let us pray with one heart and mind. And again, as is our custom, shall we just keep silence before the Lord as we contemplate the day that has begun and allow the night that has passed to move into the past as we contemplate our future with him. As we rejoice in the gift of this new day, so may the light of your presence, O Lord, set our hearts on fire with love for you, now and forever. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. So shall we go to the appointed psalm for today, which is Psalm 51. And I think it's one of those psalms that is better known. So uh, let's see what fresh light God breaks upon his word as we read it together. Have mercy on me, O God, in your great goodness. According to the abundance of your compassion, blot out my offences. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified in your sentence and righteous in your judgment. I have been wicked even from my birth, a sinner when my mother conceived me. Behold, 
You desire truth deep within me and shall make me understand wisdom in the depths of my heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear of joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Turn your face from my sins and blot out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Give me again the joy of your salvation and sustain me with your gracious spirit. Then shall I teach your ways to the wicked and sinners shall return to you. Deliver me from my guilt, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. For you desire no sacrifice, else I would give it. You take no delight in burnt offerings. Sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. O be favourable and gracious to Zion. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will accept sacrifices offered in righteousness, the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer up bulls on your altar. Wow, as I say, it's a, a psalm that you may have heard, I have heard uh, many times, but it always reminds me that there is something significant to be remembered in this psalm. David um, is probably writing this, contemplating his sin, uh, sin that he had committed with Bathsheba that had been absolutely exposed by the prophet Nathan, you may remember, uh, a powerful episode in David's life. And we read here things which are so helpful today. For instance, verse six, I have been wicked even from my birth, a sinner when my mother conceived me. Wow, that is a powerful insight. It's an uncomfortable one, isn't it? That we as humankind are absolutely conceived in wickedness. It's a, it's a strange thing. I mean, just having little Josiah Ezekiel, our third grandchild, join us just now for six weeks. Um, it's amazing, amazing joy. And yet, when he wants what he wants, <laughs> from the start, there is in him, as there is in all of us, something which gives us a clue to this, that since Adam, since Eve, all of us, without exception, is conceived in sin and therefore has no hope in ourselves of salvation. I find that a really important truth today because people are looking in so many directions for salvation. They might look to some form of national salvation by looking to a leader, looking to a movement as the way to bring, inverted commas, salvation. But brothers and sisters, 
that old adage that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart is really emphasized, I think, in the way that David is shown by the Holy Spirit how to write this so that we can learn the word of God. And second reflection today is this understanding that we need to have God make our hearts clean and for him to renew a right spirit within me. Of course, we know that points forward to the beauty of the way in which that's been achieved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who died instead of us, who have no hope, who cannot save ourselves. So he came and he enabled us to have a heart of flesh. The prophet Ezekiel saw this instead of a stone heart, so that by turning to Christ in faith, David obviously looking forward to that from his position, but he knew that it had to be God that made his heart clean, and it had to be God that renewed a right spirit. And isn't it wonderful <laughs> when we are born again? You know, without getting into theology this morning, uh, every person, because of sin, being conceived in sin, is born with a body, is born with a soul, but oh, the spirit is dead until we turn in faith and repentance to Jesus Christ and through faith in his finished work alone. Oh, he then enables us, as John 3.16 famously says, came into the world that we might not perish. And that beautiful encounter with Nicodemus where we realised that we had to have our spirit born again. Oh, we used to hear this a lot in the 70s. I remember as a young believer, that was the question. Have you been born again? And I would like to hold out to you that that is truly, truly biblical. The amazing work of regeneration of a human being can only happen supernaturally by faith in Jesus Christ. And David knew this. He knew from the depth of his own sin, he couldn't get out of it. So isn't it wonderful to remind ourselves today that although, yes, there is no good thing in us, and as Jeremiah said, our hearts are deceitful above all else. God knew that. God knows that. And he's made provision for us to be saved by his work and our faith in his work alone. Guys, it's Jesus and Jesus only that can save and so that's why it's good, as he says, and we end with this idea, being broken in spirit. It isn't something that uh, happens just because of events. We can choose to have a contrite and broken heart, as he did. And you remember that the, the Lord said about David that he was a man after his own heart. I think that's what it's about, guys, is that we want to be like that. We want to be ready to say, no, we're not trying to justify ourselves, Lord. We don't even try that. We're just so grateful because we know what we really are. And you saved us. Oh, brothers and sisters, I trust you take encouragement from this today, as I do. As Julie says, regeneration then gives us the power <laughs> from on high for sanctification. Oh, isn't it lovely? He doesn't just leave us as we are. I love that thought that he loves us 
as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. So our refrain, as you might imagine, is the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. Take away, good Lord, the sin that corrupts us. Give us the sorrow that heals and the joy that praises and restore by grace your own image within us that we may take our place among your people in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow. So we come to our passage uh, of scripture and today I've chosen the Old Testament reading uh, from 1 Kings 18, 21 to the end. <clears throat> and as you know, with the Church of England morning prayer, sometimes they're quite big chunks of the Bible. So I'll read this swiftly and then a couple of reflections as we go into our time of intercession and prayer. 1 Kings 18 verses 21 to the end. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets number 450. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. But put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. All the people answered, well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many. Then call on the name of your God and put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given them, prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, crying, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no answer. They limped about the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, cry aloud, surely he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he has wandered away, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. Then they cried aloud, and as was their custom, they cut themselves with swords and lances, until the blood gushed out over them. As midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, no answer, and no response. Then Elijah said to all the people, come closer to me, and all the people came closer to him. First, he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two measures of seed. Next, he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. He said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Again, he said, do it a third time. 
and they did it a third time so that the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones and the dust and even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. Then they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the Wadi Kishon and killed them there. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of rushing rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. There he bowed himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. He went up and looked and said, there's, there's nothing. Then he said, go again, seven times. At the seventh time, he said, look, a little cloud no bigger than a person's hand is rising out of the sea. Then he said, go and say to Ahab, harness your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. In a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind. There was heavy rain. Ahab rode off and went to Jezreel. But the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran in front of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Wow, what an action-packed episode in the history of Israel, God's people. What an amazing record of supernatural encounter contained in the Bible for us. Well, <laughs> there's obviously so much in that passage, but I was challenged in preparing for this morning. Just as it opens, it was like a question to me. I don't know if it's the same for you as you heard it. How long will you go limping with two different opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Brothers and sisters, I believe one of the greatest needs of the hour in my own life and for our society is for us to let people know that there are gods. Did you notice in the way that the word of God is, is given to us, a small g? that there are gods, those that would have spiritual power, entities that we call demons or uh, evil spirits. And through history and in world religion, people worship these other gods. And would you agree with me that so often most people go around, oh, well, there's only one God. And, you know, some people see him like this or her like this or it like that. 
Brothers and sisters, that is so far away from what the Bible has revealed. There are many fallen spirits, many fallen angels that have taken up residence in the hearts of men for their worship. I honestly believe that every other world religion has behind it a fallen angel that has stopped them finding the true and living God or seeks to blind them so that they cannot. And I think the order of the day is not to go around saying that to everyone, of course, but just saying that the Lord our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel or Jacob. Did you, did you notice that? So many people say, oh, well, you know, uh, Judaism, rabbinic Judaism believes in the God of Abraham. So do, so do Islamic believers. Yes, that's true. But please, please bear in mind that that's not who we worship. We worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It took three generations for him to define who he was speaking through, who he really is. Yahweh, the true and living God, the Lord, as it's translated in English. And when you see it in capitals in the old King James Version, there it is. That's that idea of his name. Isn't it incredible that so many people think that there's only one God? There is one only true and living God. And Jesus has made him known. And then has poured out his Holy Spirit into all those who believe in his finished work. This is so important, it seems to me, going on from our first verse. That what happens to us personally, I believe we should long to happen to everyone we know. And I think we do have to make a decision, brothers and sisters. Are we going to go along limping with two different opinions? Or are we going to say, no, it's Jesus. And it's only Jesus. Acts 4.21, there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. Oh, it goes back again to the diagnosis that we read in the psalm. It's because no one can save themselves. No fallen angel can set up a system of belief that enables man to earn his own salvation. Please check every other religious belief in the earth. It is that we would do something good enough to be acceptable enough. Whereas Christ comes and he does it because he knows what the real problem is. It's right in the heart from the word go and he alone can save. So can I encourage you? Yes, we might not have to do what Elijah did, but I think there will be a need for a demonstration in the public square of the saints again, where we say, no, the Lord is God. Please, UK society, reconsider what our society has been built on, what it is understood in history to be the truth. And please turn back. Please repent. Remember, please remember the mighty deeds of the Lord. You know, that's what the prophets always do, is remind us. What about this year, brothers and sisters? How about this? VE Day 75. Dunkirk 80. Battle of Britain 80. And Mayflower 400. Just think of those mighty, mighty deeds of the Lord that we're having chance to look at during this time of COVID variable lockdown. I wonder... Is the voice of the prophet still alive? 
is the voice of the scripture in the New Testament church in the UK going to say what has happened to us we would love for everyone else to experience can we therefore present to you Jesus Christ the one and only true and living God choose this day who you will follow as for me and my house we will follow the Lord so it seems appropriate to go to our next part of the liturgy forsake me not O Lord be not far from me O my God forsake me not O Lord be not far from me O my God make haste to help me O Lord of my salvation be not far from me O my God glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit forsake me not O Lord be not far from me O my God Lord, as we say together, give your people knowledge of salvation, O God, by the forgiveness of all their sins. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So what a lovely way to come into prayer. Please do um, uh, send me so that I can join in with you, uh, your prayers, and we'll do that. Uh, as you're doing that, um, I think it's important, as we did for Boris when he contracted COVID-19. We hear that at last night, well, this morning for us, that um, President Trump and his wife Melania, together, I think, with their advisor, Hope Hicks, have contracted uh, this virus. And I think, as the scriptures teach us, we should always pray for those in authority. So um, I will lead us in that prayer. Lord, uh, this morning we ask that you would help the American people as they're going through this societal choice between two polar opposite offers. We ask that this latest development that Mr. and Mrs. Trump have contracted coronavirus. Can we pray for you to protect them? Can we pray for you to heal them? And can we pray for your purposes to be worked out in the United States of America as they come to their big election in November? And that you would help us in praying for them, to pray for our leaders too. Lord, being a leader of a nation at this time is incredibly difficult. And so we ask that they would turn to you in their time of perplexity and find that you have provided for them solutions from heaven just as you did for Elijah. Lord in your mercy hear our prayer. So should we go to an item of praise? Uh, Ruth says thank God for a good outcome for her niece Alison's operation for cancer. No further treatment required. Praise the Lord. What fantastic news. Lord Jesus we give thanks for Alison's op going so well. Lord, you are amazing in the way that you heal in so many ways, directly by your supernatural touch, by the presence of your spirit, and as we have seen here, and give testimony to with Alison through the hands of very, very skillful surgeons. No further treatment required. Thank you, Lord. Lord, spurred on by that, 
could I ask my brothers and sisters to pray with me and my family for Mike, uh, my middle brother. Uh, I'm the eldest. Gary's the youngest. You know us quite well. But Mike uh, is had such a rough time, guys. I mean, he two weeks ago, last Tuesday, he went in for an operation. And thank God that we can also report that the operation on the cancer was a success. That there has just had some tests this week. No trace. Praise the Lord. But because of the post-operative difficulties, he has had to go for further surgery three times and a real big one on Wednesday. Sadly, he has now had to have um, part of his tongue removed. And so it is. it was very dangerous for him. And he came very close to that point of going into the closer presence of the Lord. I mean, it was that serious. So he's been through a rough time. Please, can we pray for Kaz, his wife, my sister-in-law, and for my mum in particular, and for their adopted daughter, Hannah, a lovely girl that we love so much. They're all struggling, but they're all coping. So again, could I just lift them to you in prayer, please? Lord, thank you so much again for another successful cancer operation, both for Alison and for my brother Mike. But Lord, oh, what a journey Mike has been through in post-operative care. Can we ask that you would now, that Wednesday would have been that turning point, that he might get through these next few difficult days in the high dependency unit to a place where he reaches stability and then can we ask by your spirit that he would grow in strength and as we're beginning to perceive, would you build in his heart, in the heart of Kaz and Mike and all of us in the family, a testimony of how you have been with Mike throughout this. And thank you for my brothers and sisters who have joined us in this prayer journey. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yeah, let's keep praying as well for schools, both pupils and teachers, for strength. Thanks, Julie. Lord, we, we know that the day by day, mask and shield, transferring from classroom to classroom for the teachers with the children staying in the same place has built its extra workload, which was already massive. So can we pray for strength? And Lord, we read in your scripture that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Could there be something that we could ask for that believers in this context, in the staff room or in the moments where they do have socially distanced times together, that those of faith might share their faith in Jesus with the staff because the openings are there at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer just so that any prayer that you've wanted to say as well is covered. Um, I would just, again, didn't want to make it a stubble burden request, but for Pippa, please, could we remember Pippa? She has um, uh, a really painful slip disc in her neck, which has now added the last three weeks to the two protruded discs at the base of her spine with a, a benign cyst. So she really is effectively bedridden at the moment, guys. So again, uh, could we just bring before you, Lord Pepper, 
Um, obviously, you know how much I love her. I know many other people love her too. But please look after her. Please, as you've done in the book that we've read this morning, this wonderful Bible, we believe that you can raise her from her sick bed. We would ask for a very swift MRI appointment so that treatment can be given as soon as possible. For we trust you in it all. But Lord, oh, sometimes it's really tough. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you very much, um, Bob, uh, for that reminder. Uh, I know that you're praying for us all the time. I do appreciate it, brothers and sisters. It means so much. So shall we close today? Sorry, it's gone on a bit longer. <laughs> ah, shall we say the Lord's Prayer? Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. And our conclusion, the Lord bless us and preserve us from all evil and keep us in eternal life. Amen. Let us. Bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, just a little note. Uh, if you'd like to come and pray in the church building, the church building is open tomorrow, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Please do come and uh, spend time in prayer with us there if you'd like to. Um, please also look forward to live stream, uh, Sunday worship, 10 o'clock. And for those of you who would like to just look at the scriptures, enjoy tonight the beginning of seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles. A uh, lovely, lovely festival in, Luke, in Leviticus 23 that you might like to look at because it ends with an eighth day. And in John chapter 7, Jesus beautifully explains the meaning of the Feast of Tabernacles, which might be a blessing to you in your Bible study over the next week. Until then, God bless you.